0: Welcome to Speak for Yourself. I'm not a doctor, Marcel Swiley, and he's not a doctor, Emmanuel Acho. Congratulations, Joey Taylor. Excuse me, Dr. Joey Taylor. Let's get (laughs) it started in Tennessee. Where the Titans drafted quarterback Malik Willis in the third round last weekend. Well, the current starter, Ryan Tannehill, said the team did not notify him of the selection. And that's not all he said about the incoming rookie. Take
1: a listen, you texted Malik right after, right after we drafted him as well. I have no problems with Malik, and you know we're looking to add talent and and um, guys that can help us. So um, you know we'll, we'll add him to the room and, and go from there. That's part of uh, being in a quarterback room in the same room. You know we're we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Um, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but um, you know if he learns learns from me along the way, then. Um, And that's a great thing. Mmm, Acho,
0: You have a problem with Ryan Tannehill saying it's not his job to mentor Malik Willis.
2: I do. I have a huge problem with Ryan Tannehill saying it's not his job to mentor Malik Willis, but not for reasons y'all think. My problem with Ryan Tannehill is this, and Mm. this is what you need to pay attention to. The only reason you are scared to mentor somebody is because, number one, you lack confidence in your own ability. Number two, you are insecure about your position on that roster or on that depth chart. Or Mm. number three, you think that person can do what you can do and can do it better. Mm. Number one, you lack confidence. Number two, you're insecure. And number three, you think they can do what you can do and they can do it better. Problem is this, Ryan Tannehill, if you are so insecure about your starting position or you lack the confidence in your ability so much so that a third round pick could come take your job then ryan tannehill i don't want you as my starter Mm. in the national football league you better have an abundance of confidence because you are playing with a whole bunch of alphas if you do have confidence and abundance of it i cannot guarantee that you are going to be a dude But if you do not have confidence in your ability, I can guarantee you are not going to be a dude. Yep, yep, yep. Ryan Tannehill is now admitting indirectly that he does not have confidence in himself because he is worried about a backup taking his job. Hmm. Not a first round pick, not a second round pick, but a third round pick he is worried about taking his job. I do not want my starter scared, not at the quarterback position. Think about the alphas at QB in the AFC. Joe Burrow, he might have more confidence than any quarterback mm. playing ball Facts. right now. Patrick Mahomes, he has an abundance of confidence. So much of it is deserved. Mm. Josh Allen, he got a freaking hose for a right arm and he got nothing but confidence himself. Lamar Jackson, mm. as confident as all get out. Unanimous MVP. Then you have Ryan Tannehill. Mm. And Ryan Tannehill is so Scared about his security, that he's not willing to help his backup, that he's not willing to mentor his backup. No, sell the problem and what nobody is talking about is that Ryan Tannehill does not have the confidence necessary to lead the Tennessee Titans to Mm. where they want to go. That's my biggest problem with this statement. Not so much that he doesn't want to help Malik Willis, but that he's not confident enough that even if he helps Malik Willis, Malik Willis still can't take his job. Mm. I'm going to end it like this. One of my favorite quotes. Wileyism? It's not a Wileyism. He should be. Let's go. One of my favorite quotes. Anybody can watch a Bruce Lee fight but not anybody can fight like Bruce
0: Lee. Yes, sir. You can
2: watch a Bruce Lee fight day and night, but go up there with them nunchucks and see what you're going to (laughs) do. You're going to hurt yourself. Ryan Tannehill, even if you were to help Malik Willis, you have to have enough confidence to say, hey, Brick Dog, I can help you all I want, but you still can't be me. You can watch all the Tannehill film you want, but you still can't be me. So that's my biggest issue with Tannehill. Have enough confidence that knowing you that dude, and it don't even matter if you help him
0: out. Okay, Acho, you and I are on the same page. I got a big problem with this, but I also got a big problem with you trying to relate this to confidence. We'll talk about that second lap probably. But first, uh, pass those sticks and let's beat the drum the same way. (laughs) Oh, Ryan Tannehill, you told on yourself. He said, it's not my job to get him ready. I notice one thing in life. When people state the obvious, that shows insecurity. It's not my job. Yeah, we know what your job is, It's to play quarterback. But last time we saw you play your job, you were throwing the ball to the other team, which is leaking of the insecurity that has now bled into this situation of them drafting Malik Willis. And now, all of a sudden, you're not a mentor. Oh, Ryan Tannehill, you understand how this game goes. We all put our hands in the middle. and We say one, two, three, Titans. You know why we do this? Because everyone here knows this is a group project. Mm. Do you know, Ryan Tannehill, you are one play away from handing the baton to potentially Malik Willis in that moment. And then that may be only a two-game injury. And then you get your job back. But do you want your team, your group to suffer because of your selfishness or because of your insecurity? What you said is smart. What you said is absolutely correct in terms of this. Ryan Tannehill, me being a father, me being in a position where I was mentored by Bruce Smith, and then I became a mentor for a lot of defensive ends underneath me. Let me tell you one thing that the father and me learned, and I heard this. This is a wiley They said that a son was looking at his father. He said, Dad taught me everything I know. Unfortunately, he didn't teach me everything he knows. Think about that. Whoa, that's a, <laughs> a wiley it's your boy, man. I'm, can I get a book out of you? Can I get... Can we co-author a book? But let me write Jeez. it. <laughs> Here we go. You know what that means? I can show you everything if I'm Ryan Tannehill. And it's still gonna be some things I don't show mm. you, some things I can't show you, and some things that you just won't be able to do. And... Vice versa. That is the evolution of how we play the game. That is the buy-in to a culture, to a team atmosphere, to the group. So when you put your hands in the middle, now I'm going to check Ryan Tannehill. Maybe he only putting a finger. Maybe mm-hmm. he only putting a couple fingers. Because last time I checked, it's supposed to be one, two, three. Titans. That's big. Um, remember what it is, to Marcellus's point, if I may piggyback.
2: It's the Titans versus the Colts. The Titans versus the Jaguars. The Titans versus the Texans. Mm. It's not the Tannehills versus the Willises. (laughs) And that's the dilemma when Ryan Tannehill is saying that he is not going to mentor Malik Willis. Mm. You got to remember, it's us versus them, not us versus us. Yes, Tannehill, within your job description, Within the fine print is to help the team win by any means necessary. There you go. And if the means is to help support your backup in the event he ever becomes a starter, then that is a part of your job description. Must I remind the world when my Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was not with their starting quarterback, mm. Carson
0: Wentz. Preach, preach. Must
2: I remind the world when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was with their backup quarterback, who was Nick Foles, you never know when you're going to need the backup to step in as a starter. And it should not undermine your credibility and undermine your greatness. Let's personalize ourselves.
0: Oh, you know Um, we're coming. You
2: keep your confidence within yourself, your arrogance, you say. Mm. You know you, boy. I don't. I see. (laughs) I daily. Um, (laughs) When we have different guests on this show, Mm. Marcellus Wiley and I, we sit here, we, we slide to our rights, we slide to our left, we let a guest come in between. I'm never sweating if a guest going to take my job mm. because at the end of the day I know a guest can't do what I can do. Mm. Stack Jack comes on the show. I'm not like, man, mm. I hope Stack Stephen Jackson fumbles through his first take because if he delivers it too well, yeah. it might be over for Acho. Yeah. In the same breath, he knows he can teach me. Elbow in, hand in a cookie jar, follow through, and I'm not going to be able to hoop like him. Yep. So I'm not sweating on telling him, like, hey, I would lead with the headline, make your opening sentence your strongest point. I'm not sweating helping somebody because at the end of the day, they can't do what you can do and you can't do what they can do.
0: Mm. period mm.
2: so if you have legitimate confidence in your ability to perform then you should never doubt or never be scared of helping somebody else because at the end of the day you the best version of you and they can't be you mm. but tan mm. hill a little scary to me Sam. So. Mm. you're a little scary to me uh, for two reasons i'm gonna give you one oh, oh keep going. I'm
0: so, excuse me a little scary to me for two reasons i'm scared to talk
2: <laughs> <laughs> the first reason is, remember, he said after, his, after the last game where he threw three interceptions in the playoffs, he nope. couldn't sleep. said he couldn't sleep. He said he was in such a dark place that for the first time, he had to seek therapy, therapy to get yeah. him out of the dark place. Yeah. So Tannehill is coming from a horrific situation in his mind. So for me, so as I look at it, mm. Tannehill is scary because of what he went through, and he ain't yet over it. Talk to me, big dog.
0: Mm. Now... I told you I had a problem with you and you attaching this to confidence and we can't be on this show and not layer this conversation accurately. Don't give me stack jack comparisons when we're doing our show and we just add a guest or we add someone else up here. Mm -hmm. I want to give it to you like it was given to Ryan Tannehill. Someone comes to your workplace with the exact same title as you. Okay. All of a sudden, that competition breeds an insecurity that we must talk about. I told you my contract year in Buffalo. Bruce Smith was there three years. I'm his backup. He leaves. Guess what? It's my job. That year, they drafted in the first round. Forget third round. First round, a defensive end. Oh, I'm insecure. But I told you before, what confidence is, is managing your doubt. Okay. It's not absolutely no doubt. It's managing your doubt. I started to say, you know what I got to do? I got to compete. But I'm also going to help him because the best of me is better than all y'all. It's my belief. However, I'm going to give you two examples that shows you this is not a confidence conversation. This is not what you're trying to make it. The first example is Brett Favre. Remember Brett Favre and mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers? Quote, my contract doesn't say I have to get Aaron Rodgers ready to play. Now, hopefully, he watches me and gets something from that. That's exactly what Ryan Tannehill said. I dare you, I dare anybody tell me Brett Favre wasn't confident. Here's another example. If you don't believe in Brett Favre's confidence, how about Tom Brady, <laughs> who was famously unhelpful to his backups, neglecting to help Jimmy Garoppolo, and they had the same agent. With his mechanics and footwork. What I'm trying to tell you is, we ain't gotta act like we Teflon up here. Like when you're going up in football, when it's time for you to go hit, let's talk about kickoff. And it's quiet. And it's 1.03 p.m. Cause you know it never starts at one o'clock exactly. 1.03 p.m. And you're like, damn, here we go. And it's quiet. Uh, boom. That ball's in the air, you hear nothing. <laughs> In that mix of your emotions, don't act like you ain't got a little anxiety, a little fear, a little doubt. Or fire could come across your face and you feel like Dave Chappelle right now getting tackled. I was there last night. It could come from anywhere. These bullets live. All I'm saying is Ryan Tannehill is in that moment. It's a little bit of fight or flight. And I'm not mad at him for that because it's not based on his confidence. If it is fight or flight, I need him to buck
2: up, big dog. Yes. If you're scared, go to church. (laughs) I need him to buck up if it's fight or flight. I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's fight or flight right now for Ryan Tannehill, but it's time for you to fight. Yeah. You can't sit here and act scary. Tom Brady probably did lack some confidence when they drafted Jimmy G because, as we know, Mm. Robert Kraft was like, hey, Bill Belichick, chill out. Bill Belichick was like, hey, I want Jimmy G. So I think even the greatest of all time in Tom Brady may have lacked some confidence, but still. Yes. Kellen Mond was drafted in the third round to the Minnesota Vikings last year. Mm. Kirk Cousins is the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. You didn't hear Kirk Cousins sweating nothing. And Kirk Cousins was coming off a 7-9 and nine season. Kirk Cousins is perennial, perennially being questioned as whether or not he should be a starter. And Kirk wasn't like, oh, my God, I, I, I'm just so worried about this, this Kellen Mond guy. Matt Flynn. Even when Russell Wilson was drafted in the Mm -hmm. third round and Russell ended up taking Matt Flynn's job Mm -hmm. and becoming a more than likely first ballot Hall of Famer. You didn't hear quotes of Matt Flynn like, man, I ain't helping this cat out from where to go. Wisconsin, MC State, I ain't helping this cat. Nah, because Matt Flynn's like at the end of the day, it is what it is, big dog. I'm going to get mine. He going to get his. Either way, it's going to work out. Let me personalize it. Let's go. True story. I don't think he'd call me out for this. Uh, My dog, Michael Kendricks. Maybe the most athletic linebacker I've ever seen and played with. Dude was a 4-4 runner before linebackers were running 4-4s. Nowadays, everybody running a (laughs) 4-4. Back then, wasn't nobody running
0: 4-4.
2: Kendricks was athletic, could jump out the gym, could run with wide receivers like it was nothing. But every Saturday before our Sunday games, I would send Kendricks my game notes. I'd be like, hey, big dog. Here's my notes. When you go up against the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton, if you see them in an offset back, anticipate the counter. If you see both tight ends on the line of scrimmage, anticipate a hard play action. If you see the inside receiver on the ball, outside receiver off the ball, anticipate a dig. 12 yards deep, two yards outside the hash, you'll get yourself a pick. I would send him all my game notes. Now, mm-hmm. what I could have done was, okay, if I don't send Kendricks any of my notes, he might bust a coverage. Mm-hmm. And if he messes up on a coverage, well, guess what? I going to get his chance to start. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, He can ball. He's athletic. I'm brilliant as it pertains to football. He is brilliant as it pertains to athleticism. I am not. I am dumb as can be as it pertains to (laughs) athleticism physically when you're talking about NFL standards. So I'm just like, hey, Mm. at the end of the day, what is it? A rising tide floats all boats. So let's just all be floating out here in these streets. So I don't like Ryan Tannehill in that regard because at the end of the day, what's for you is for you and can't nobody take it from you.
0: Yeah, that sounds great, but I'm about to go even deeper Uh-oh. on this one. And I'm going to take the lead so I don't take you anywhere you don't want to go. Talk to me. There's a different pressure that Ryan Tannehill is dealing with than what we're talking about. Okay. You bring up Steven Jackson. He's here to add to what we are mm-hmm. doing here. You talk about on the football field, linebackers, what did y'all run, a 4-3? 4-3. 3-4. 3-4. Oh, even better. 3-4. I wonder what the 4 is for. One, two, three, four. Oh, four positions. Yes, sir. Four linebackers. Yes, sir. How many quarterbacks in the game? Anybody? On, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't cook. You told us that yesterday. You just delivery, right? Chef service. OK, you're rich. OK, here's the thing. I have a deep fryer. OK. And I use an air fryer. OK. Now, the deep fryer going to get that thing crisp. No question. Not the healthiest version, but it's going to crisp it. Yes, sir. Air fryer does its job, too, but it's a little off of it compared to the deep fryer. We talking air fryer up here, a different pressure. Mm -hmm. Ryan Tannehill saying, me helping him, and you know in the NFL, younger and cheaper is already on your level mentally Mm -hmm. upstairs because of what it affects on the cap number. They're like, we paying Ryan Tannehill 30 some million dollars. He better be 30 some million times better than the cheaper, younger version. If Ryan Tannehill closes that gap for them and for Malik Willis, all it's going to do is take away his livelihood. Sure. It wouldn't work that way in linebacker world because Thanks. it's four, y'all. It didn't work that way in defensive end world because there some. was two of us, Long okay? Of so when we talk about Ryan Tannehill, his confidence, let's make sure we understand the pressure sure. that he is actually cooking in and cooking with. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love this show, y'all, because we go deeper. Um, At the end of the day,
2: Ryan Tannehill, if you ball... Ain't nobody taking your job. Facts. Period. Rap. Let's start in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. Jordan Love was traded up four. But Aaron Rodgers was like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to give you one MVP. Nah, I'm going to give you two MVPs. And now Jordan Love is the laughing stock, so to speak, of first-round picks. No sight on Jordan Love. Rodgers just made him completely expendable. Mm. Okay, you talk about Rodgers, though, Acho. Mm. Ryan Tannehill ain't Rodgers. You're right. It's mommy. You're right. Let's talk about Jimmy G. Mm. Because Trey Lance... They traded multiple first-round picks Mm -hmm. in order to acquire Trey Lance. And guess what? Trey Lance still riding pine because Jimmy G took the 49ers to the playoffs to a couple playoff wins, and now what you going to do? Bench Jimmy G? No. Jimmy G balled. Okay, let me give you the inverse. Jalen Hurts. He wasn't drafted in the first round. Mm. Eagles didn't trade up for Jalen Hurts. Mm. They got Jalen Hurts in the second round. Carson Wentz. Helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl just three years prior. And Carson Wentz still got benched and eventually traded for Jalen Hurts. Why? Because Carson Wentz was sorry in the season in which Jalen Hurts was present. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who was drafted, when they were drafted, how they was drafted. If you ball, you're going to be safe. And if you don't ball, you're going to fall. So Tannehill, help him or not is irrelevant. It's really all on you. Are you going to ball? That's what it comes down to.
0: You're right. You're right. You're right. I just want to highlight you're right. And I, I agree with you, so I guess we're right. And we know how the game goes. And he didn't play the game right now. There's always a game within the game. And Ryan Tannehill, for whatever reason, maybe it's the therapy, didn't want to play the game at the podium this time. You know I'm going, going here. Something. We don't always say what we feel. And we don't always feel what we say. Oof. But Ryan Tannehill, for some reason, wanted to opt out in this moment and say, you know what? I understand what should be said in this moment. Oh, yeah, I got him. I got him. And he could have did that. It would have been great theater and it would have been simple, even though he could have still went back on that at practice and never helped Malik Willis. But in this moment, he wanted to call attention, cry out for help and saying there's going to be a gap between me, the mentor and him, the mentee. For that reason, I got to highlight this. Ooh, where are you going? Everyone has a manager. I've been reading these books. One of them is called The Body Keeps the Score. So basically, you want to know about your life, just check out your body. Your body will tell you about it. A little too deep for right now in this conversation. But one thing they talk about is everyone has managers. And your managers have two jobs. One is to protect you from future pain. And another one is to preempt all of the things that you have dealt with before. So... Let's give you an example. Ryan Tannehill, who used to be a receiver, who then was a doubted quarterback, who becomes a quarterback, is now in a position where his manager is like, we don't want to get demoted again. Mm -hmm. And we don't want people doubting us again. So what his manager has told him to do is to opt out of this moment of being a teammate and go for self. Because last time they doubted you who you were at this same moment, at this same position. Real deep stuff, but basically, I ain't mad at Ryan Tannehill because for once, he got to the podium, and he kept it thorough 100. Now, what is he going to do? You got to buy back in to the team. Concept. But here's
2: the only reason why maybe you should be concerned. Don't why? be mad at Tannehill, but be concerned. Why? Every now and then cell, when you are so passionate about something that you can't lie
0: people should start to ask questions.
2: Mm, let me go. Running to Marcellus Swiley on the street. Hey, how you doing, big dog? What is your natural instantaneous oh, response? Oh, I'm good.
0: What's up, boy? That's it. Yeah, I'm out. That's it. Yeah.
2: It don't matter whether yeah. you're good, whether you're bad. Yeah. Nothing matters. If you run into yeah. your homeboy or homegirl on the street, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Irrelevant of whether you actually are good, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. The only time in which you lie is if you, if you, if the only time, excuse me, in which you tell the, the truth. truth, I'm with you. Is if you are so not good that you can't even fake it. Mm. And then this is what you do. Hey, how you doing, big dog? You really want to know? <laughs> right? Like, like the only time I've run into individuals who don't hit me with the, oh, I'm good. Mm. Is when they're so not good yeah. that they can't even give you the pre-recorded lie. Mm. Ryan Tannehill cell is so insecure about his mm. starting job. He is so not good with his position as a starter. And in my mind, he is so unsure about his ability to maintain his high-level playing at quarterback for when he has played at a high level that he couldn't even lie to us. Because it's so mm. easy to say, I texted him after the draft, and I'm going to do my best to make sure I help him and help us win. That's my job. That lie is so easy. Mm. Unless he's so not good, he can't even
0: lie. Ooh, that sounds amazing, but it doesn't map on the reality. And I don't even want to counter that, but I got to. Brady was good. He still said the same thing. Brett Favre was good. Good. Brett Favre was the most famous football player I've ever seen. Seriously, of all football players I've ever encountered, played against, seen, to this day, Brett Favre was the most famous. Trust me. Dude had entourage security with him everywhere he went. We talking about just going to the hotel, bro. We talking about just game day. It was next level. He was good, and he said the same exact thing. So now Acho wants Ryan Tannehill to fake it till he makes it, mm-hmm. right? basically, right? So it's funny you run up to the homeboy. What's up? Oh, man, all good, all good. Well, we ain't really got nowhere with that. Okay, whatever. You run up to the same homeboy. What are you doing? Oh, man, on the real property taxes, man, they're uh, they hitting your boy, and me and the wife ain't on really good time. You want that? I do. Ryan Tannehill just said. That's what he said. And Otto mad at him. I thought she was about mental health. He just went there. Coming up, Giannis struggled in last night's loss. We'll tell you if we're still, down for a good second. Still confident he can lead the Bucks past the Celtics. But first, Steve Kerr said Dylan Brooks broke the code with his hard foul last night. Uh Uh-oh. Tell you if we have an issue with Kerr's comments next on Speak for Yourself. So how you doing, Otto for real? You really want to know? No, I don't.
2: Grizzlies forward Dylan Brooks was issued a flagrant two foul in the opening minutes of last night's game after hitting Gary Payton the second in the head on a fast break. Foul resulted in a broken elbow for Payton. Wow. Man. After the game, head coach Steve Kerr was clearly not happy about the incident. Take a listen.
1: I don't know if it was intentional, but it, it, it was dirty. And, um, <clears throat> you know, playoff basketball is going to—it's supposed to be physical. You know, everybody's going to compete. Everybody's going to fight for everything. But there's a code in this league. There's a code that players follow uh, where you you never put a guy's season slash career in jeopardy by taking somebody out in midair and clubbing him across the head and ultimately fracturing Barry's elbow. He broke the code. Dylan Brooks broke the code. That's how I see it.
2: Boy, I got so many thoughts. Let's go. Zell, please let's go. go ahead, I'm man. Uh, yeah. You have an issue with Steve Kerr saying that Dylan Brooks broke the code?
0: No issue with Steve Kerr. I'm with Kerr on this. I concur what he said. He broke the code and he broke his elbow. Come on, man. Let's talk about what professional athletics is. And it's a difference between playing professional basketball and just showing up somewhere with a rock. Talking about let's run. When you are a professional, there's a culture, there is a code to it, which means full speed doesn't mean full speed reckless. There's an intent, but we're not going to be intentional in terms of trying to cause harm or injury. There's a code to what we do because we know because we've been performing for so long, so many repetitions, what's hazardous and what's with the flow of the game? So whenever you break the flow of the game, break the code, you go outside those boundaries. That's a no-no. And the only reason you would go outside those boundaries is when you don't feel that you can properly perform within those boundaries. So when you get called out, you got to accept that punishment and accept that penalty. You cannot put somebody in that position because you know his reputation precedes him. We all know how he gets down. Dunking on people looking at them, giving us a little head scratch all the little theatrics. So you don't want to be a poster. So now you're gonna go out there and put this guy in the hospital. You're gonna make this guy have a fracture elbow probably done for the season I would assume with a broken elbow. And it's all because you didn't want to participate the way that we all do it with that gentleman's agreement knowing that the fine print says we are not trying to make sure you can't continue to participate. Hell yes, Steve Kerr is dead on with this. The dude broke the code. I wholeheartedly disagree. You disagree? Wholeheartedly. Now, I got to start
2: like this, um, because I don't want the truth to come off as unempathetic, right? Like, Gary Mm -hmm. Payton is terrible that he has a fractured elbow, terrible that he going to miss some of the series, and the Warriors need uh, Gary Payton the second. So terrible for that reason. Let's go. Um... Dylan Brooks didn't break nobody's cold, though. Sal, so you've talked, to me about, talked with me about this before, and let's talk real. If you fight a stranger at a bar and you hit him with your fist, mm. you cannot be surprised nor upset if he picks up a bottle. Mm. If you fight a stranger at a bar and he picks up a bottle, he cannot be surprised mm. nor upset if you pull out a knife. If you fight a stranger at a bar and you pull out a knife... You cannot be surprised nor upset if they pull out a gun Mm. because if somebody starts something, you cannot be surprised with how somebody else chooses to finish it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking back to game one. Draymond Green gets ejected flagrant two, in the first half of that game. Was it as excessive as Dylan Brooks? Absolutely not. But Draymond Green let the Grizzlies know, okay, it's about to get chippy. So, Draymond, if you wanted to get chippy in game one, you cannot now be surprised when Memphis retaliates with chippiness to an elevated degree in game two. Mm. You all have to understand at home who have not necessarily played pro sports. We don't get along, not during the 48 Mm. to 60 minutes Mm. of combat. Mm. Like, and if you (laughs) are going to start something, now I know what time it is. Thank you for telling me. I fervently believe Dylan Brooks would not have uh, acted in that manner versus Gary Payton second if not for Draymond Green in game one. Huh. And what they say in Men in Black, Will Smith, don't start nothing, won't, won't be, be nothing. nothing.
0: Mm. So
2: Draymond, mm. if you don't start that in game one, mm. it wouldn't have been like that in game two. Now, I apologize for those at home who think that what I'm saying is cruel, but let me let you into oh, the locker room. No this apologies. is just the reality of the situation. Yeah, no apologies. Not my personal opinion, it's reality of the situation. In sports, if somebody cheap shots you, In a game, and you see him again, you know what your coach, your teammates, and your internal self are telling you? Hey, next time, it's on and popping. Period. Mm. Like, oh, y'all want to do that? Mm. Okay, Mm. and and, and I've heard this before. Mm. You want to act funny? I'll be a comedian. Mm -hmm. You feel me? I'm listening. And so, Mm. within the confinements of the locker room for the Grizzlies, after Draymond gets ejected flagrant to, what you think the Grizzlies were saying at post game? Hey, don't let them come into our house and punk us. Because keep in mind, the Warriors won after Draymond got ejected, Leaving the court, taunting the whole stadium. Then in the tunnel, as soon as the Warriors win, Draymond dapping everybody up, not even caring about his ejection. Yeah. So what y'all think the Grizzlies are saying? Don't let nobody punk us. So what happened in game two? They said, we're not going to let nobody punk us. And what happened in game two? Who won that game? The Grizzlies did. Mm. So, unfortunately, Sal, I don't think they broke the code. Oh, I think broke. that the code was dismantled the moment Draymond Green got ejected in game one.
0: Man, Ugh. didn't know we're going to have this layer. Let's go. I disagree with you because in the streets, there is no code. And there used to be a code. Um, there used to be a code. Uh, everyone's talking about the violent surges that they're seeing in some of the major cities. And the randomness of the violence. And one of the things that most people will all agree on is there's no code. (laughs) There used to be a code like, okay, you did something to him. Be careful. He's going to come back and do something to you. But now nannies are getting robbed. Now people can't even go in their driveway with babies. Like if you just look, it's been sensationalized. because We got social media and it probably happened in the 80s as well. But that's what's happening now. The randomness, because there is no code. But there's a code when you're a professional athlete let's talk about the family tree oh i'm sorry i shouldn't call it that it's called the fraternity every professional athlete knows they're a part of the fraternity yes, right sir. because of this very factor we all can be opponents on one day and the next day we can be teammates example last night i saw shallow out to my boy matt barnes saw matt barnes at the dave chappelle concert say what's up to my dog you remember famously him and kobe bryant doing this and kobe just looking at him like what what you going to do, throw the ball? No, you ain't. You fast forward East teammates with Kobe Bryant. And guess what? When you see each other in those contentious moments and you throw your fist, you throw your fist. You don't grab a ketchup bottle. You don't turn the tables over and try to break it over my head. That happens in the randomness of the streets. But in the fraternity, the family tree of professional athletics, I know damn well, as hard as I ever try to hit somebody, come to mind... Ben Roethlisberger, tough to get him. Donovan McNabb, tough to get him. My only goal was to try and knock him out the game. And then right after the game, they miraculously heal and they play everybody else. But get off the field when I'm playing y'all because y'all are too damn good. Sure. That was the most evil mindset I could take myself to. Because that was the only thing that said, it's still within the code. It's on the border, but it's in the code. Beyond that, no, I'm actually going to try with intention to hurt you. And that hurt that pain that injury causes you to miss the rest of the season never a thought in my mind and never should be a thought of anybody in the frat here's why i disagree big dog
2: That's and good. i love what you're saying and i agree with what you're saying at its core did you have those thoughts you ever wanted somebody gone for for the season no okay but i have these thoughts and this is real okay you're in training camp and i'm gonna paint a picture for y'all you're in training camp in training camp there is legitimately a code <laughs> sometimes you might verbalize it if you're doing a tackling drill Hey, big dog, mm-hmm. I'm going to come up. We're gonna mm-hmm. make it sound like we hit each other hard. You know, as football players, mm-hmm. how to hit at the perfect pad <laughs> position to make it sound like these pads are popping, but you feel no pain. Yes. So in training camp, you'll do a drill like, Hey, big dog, don't go too hard. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to go too hard. We all going to win. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, with your own teammate during camp, tackling drill, a running back will come out there. Acho, yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, baby, I come up to him,
0: bam! Yeah, yeah. I look yeah. at him like, oh, <laughs> oh I don't right. have to say nothing else. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all now. Oh, that's what we doing here. That's, that's what it. we doing. That's what we that's doing. That's it. Yeah.
2: I don't have to say nothing else. Yeah. I don't have to be like, hey, yeah. big dog, why you do me? I just. Uh Okay. Okay. And, and, and that could be because he officially broke the code. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's a wrap. It's on now. Yeah. So now ain't no more in Mr. Nice Guy. Now all that little like, hey, gentlemen's agreement, hey, it's big Just make sure these pads pop. It's out the window. We ain't talking about it no more. Now I'm coming as hard as I can go, and I hope to my good Lord and Savior, you go as hard as you can go. Cause now I'm taking your head off. Mm-hmm. What Draymond Green did in game one was that. Was the chippiness of like, wait, big dog. I- I thought it was good, because to get a flagrant two is literally by definition severe or excessive contact above the shoulders. But it got downgraded.
0: Just, just let well, you to, know.
2: To get a flagrant yeah, two is severe and excessive contact. So what Draymond mm-hmm. Green did is the troublesome thing that we all have to deal with over the course of training camp. Draymond mm-hmm. Green originally broke the code. All Dylan Brooks said was, okay. We ain't got to talk about it. Don't apologize. Yeah. Which yeah. Draymond Green, by the way, didn't and was not pointing.
0: Yeah, going to. Don't, yeah.
2: Don't apologize. But say less. Uh. I'll, I'll handle it myself. That's why I ain't got an issue with a sale. I know you've been in that position before. At that point in time, it's just like, hey, say less. Let's keep it pushing. You want to start it? Don't worry. I'll finish it.
0: Uh, Only 450 NBA players in the world. 30 times 15. Huh. And they going to go at it to that extent? Like, i, I give you a camp example. You went harder, I'm going to go hard, but we're going to stay within these borders of how hard we're going to go. Uh, that happened to me with Chris Samuels in the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl, obvious code, jogging. First play I was jogging, but I think I was jogging a little faster than Chris wanted me to. He looked at me and said, Wally, that's what we're doing today? I said, oh, no, no, no. That I'm hard. coming back. But we stayed within the borders. But however, do you know the examples of like Steve Smith Sr. when he beat up his own teammate? You've seen the examples when guys swing the helmets and swing at somebody's head when we were talking about Uh, Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett? Yes. Yes, sir. That's not the code, bro. That's breaking the code, and that's why they get so much attention when those things happen. I think this is one of those that Steve Kerr is talking about. This is more of breaking the code. Let's highlight it, but we're going to talk about this later in the show. Coming up, Giannis has been dominant in the playoffs, but he struggled last night. We'll tell you if we're still confident he can lead his bucks over the Celtics next on Speak for Yourself. The dude ran you over, huh? You were like, let's head to Boston. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for nearly 60 points to help the Celtics tie up the series one to one. Giannis, my man, scored 28 points, but he struggled shooting 11 for 27 with six turnovers. But after the game, he still said he was not frustrated. So, Acho, you he's still confident in your boy Giannis leading the Bucks past the Celtics? I
2: am. Now, remember, I love me some Celtics because they dismantled them nets. So, I love the Boston Celtics. But mm-hmm. Giannis had... One of the worst games you're going to see him have while simultaneously going up against a few Celtics players in Jalen Brown, who had one of the best games you're ever going to see him have. Mm. I like Jalen Brown, so I'm not even mad at it. But Giannis started 0 for 6, y'all. He started the game 0 for 6. He didn't even have his first assist till the end of the first quarter. Giannis Mm. sat there and went, what, 11 for 28? Mm. Giannis was atrocious last night. And that is going to happen. It's not like we thought that the Bucs were going to sweep the Celtics. Didn't nobody know that?
0: Oh, that's where we are now. So
2: the Celtics got themselves a dub. I'm not surprised. Jalen Brown, 25 points in the end of the first half. I doubt that will happen again on pace for a 50-piece. Dude had 14 through the first quarter on pace for a 48-piece. So at the end of the day... Jalen Brown was in a bag that we have never seen him in before. Limited edition. There was only one of them. (laughs) Chanel store. So, Jalen Brown was in a bag we ain't never seen before. I don't anticipate seeing that again. Giannis struggled in ways that I don't anticipate we see again. For that reason, Sal, I ain't sweating it. Oh, you're not sweating it? I'm not sweating it. But honestly, here's the beauty of the loss. And you know, you got to find silver linings. You better. Let me start with a story. Uh, I got <laughs> dunked on in high school one time. Jackson Jeffcoat came down the lane. Sunday Jackson Jeffcoat played with his Jeff. dad. Yep. Oh, man. Jackson Jeffcoat came down the lane. He was playing O'East Two hands. He about 6'6", 250. Big and he dog. went up with two hands. Somebody goes up with two hands. It's a wrap. Yeah. So I just got out the way. I got dunked on. I'm jogging down the court, head held low. Dang. And my coach yells, Acho, it was only worth two points.
0: Ooh, like that. Oh.
2: Like that. <laughs> I had to remember, though, you just yammed on me. And internally, I was like, dang, man, that felt... T- <laughs> it was worth the same as a layup. Mm. It was only worth two points. Mm. The Bucks got beat by 23 points last yeah. night. Yeah. But it was only worth one loss. Okay. So, Jalen Brown, if you going to go off, please go off and get all your good mojo out in one game because I don't need you to go off in multiple games. Yeah, they got beat down last night, the Bucs did. mm but it was only worth one loss. They got beat down last night, Giannis did. Mm-hmm. But he only played 38 minutes. Mm. So I look at it, and I'm actually like, hey, if y'all gonna get beat, this the way to lose. Earn that butt whooping. Mm. Because the worst way to lose is how the Grizzlies lost game one. Mm. The worst way to lose mm. is how the Nets lost game one to the Celtics in the opening round. Mm. If you're gonna lose, earn it. If you're gonna beat me, beat the brakes off of me. Because it's only worth
0: one loss. Oh, I didn't know I was doing a show with Ryan Tannehill, so insecure about your confidence right now in your books. I know you too well now, Acho. I know when Acho was up here saying, I ain't sweating it. Then he go to a high school story and then he come back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were shook. You should be shook. Y'all in trouble, man. Look, Giannis took the bait. After game one, I said, oh Giannis, I'm sorry. I'm never going to fight you again, man. You're the best player on the planet. Wink, wink, Kevin Durant. Oh, Giannis, your team going to win the championship again. Wink, wink. No, you're not. And he took the bait. Now, I'm going to attack Giannis and I'm going to attack the Milwaukee Bucks and show you why the Boston Celtics are going to win this series. Oh, you thought I really was going to ride on your side? Uh-uh. I was like this. Dope, let me out. Let me out. I'm rooting for the Celtics in this series. Giannis has needed 52 shots to get 52 points you're playing against a defense right now. And they ain't even have Marcus Smart. You're playing against a defense right now. Let me tell you why that's important. Because they're the number one defense, the Boston Celtics. And guess what you guys are? 12th of the postseason teams in points per game. Bottom, offensively. Top, defensively. Now it's starting to make its way. I'm looking at this team, dog. Y'all had 86 points in game two. There go that streak of all them 100-plus games, five straight, gone. Y'all got out-rebounded rebound, out the, for the first time this postseason. What, Giannis? Okay, his shot ain't going. He still showed the effort, get the rebound. Oh, everything is starting to collapse. It's going to be that kind of situation because you got Giannis. Without Middleton, he's not playing in this series, they say. Giannis, and then you go to Drew Holiday, going against a team – with two-headed monster, but a collective team mm-hmm. with an intention to play defense. Y'all struggling from the three-point line. You're struggling with your shot. You don't put up points. And you just so happen to be going against the best defense that have two scoring machines in Tatum and Brown. Sorry, big dog. Your boy looked at the numbers, ran my calculations. It's about to get ugly out there in Milwaukee. But you have to look at your numbers, run your calculations,
2: and identify what in God's name is an outlier. Giannis had his worst field goal shooting percentage since 2015. There you go. Like, it's just not going to happen again. What Giannis is doing right now is an outlier. And if it's not, then we'll find out retroactively. Mm. But we can't assume that Giannis is about to play his worst basketball since he was a 68 overall on NBA 2K. That's not the (laughs) assumption I'm going to make. We also can't assume that the Bucs are going to go 3 for 18 or shoot 16% from the three-point line, something legitimately I believe you and I could do. Mm. So that's not an assumption I'm going to make. The Celtics are a phenomenal team. They are a better team than the Bucs. Okay. The Bucs just have a better player. Yeah. And Giannis, as yeah. a better player, is going to do what he always does. I will end it like this. Mm-hmm. Please remember, Sal. I'm looking. 2000, 2021, Eastern Conference semis. Milwaukee Bucks lose by 36, 39, game two against the Nets. Mm-hmm. Down 0-2. And what happened in that series? If I didn't flinch when the Bucs lost by 39, to the Nets and went down 0-2. Why in the world would I flinch right now?
0: Oh, let me help you out. I can tell you why you should flinch. Because the Celtics self-scouted. And I'm learning this as a Pee Wee football coach: you got to self-scout. Not just, and we know this from our NFL experiences, not just about did you win or lose, self-scout. What are you good at and what do you need to work on? In game one, the energy level was intoxicating to the Boston Celtics. They're like, God. I mean, first of all, you are not prepared for Giannis when you're on a basketball court in the postseason. Let's be real about it. Because of his energy and his athleticism and the fact that he knew he had to carry this team without Middleton, he came out there and he bum-rushed them. And then they went back and self-scouted. And in that self-scouting, they realized how to play against Giannis. And that's why you see that worst field goal percentage in a single game. That's why you see Giannis' paint numbers going down. That's why you see Giannis take – taking so many shots and still not hitting. I just look at a team like right now, y'all y'all going to lack firepower. Game two, you lo- lost the energy battle. You lost in the rebounds. You're always going to have Giannis out there leading the charge. But unless he gets a collective that is going to support him, like the Celtics as a team, it's going to get ugly in Milwaukee. Coming up, Draymond Green said it felt really good to flip off the Grizzlies fans last night. Really? Tell you if we love or hate his comments. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Mmm, mmm. Green took an
2: elbow to the face in the first quarter it last The face. And when he walked to get to the tunnel, to get checked out, he flipped off the fans. Those Grizzlies fans. Woo! Draymond talked about the incident after the game. Take a listen.
0: You're going to boo somebody who get elbowed in the eye and face running on blood, you should get flipped off. So I'll take the fine. I'll go do an appearance and make up the money. But it felt really good to flip them off. You gonna boo someone that get elbowed in the eye and blood running out of your face? I could have had a concussion or anything. So if they're gonna if they gonna be that nasty, I can be nasty too. And I'm assuming the cheers was because they know I'll get fine. Great, I make twenty-five million dollars a year, I should be just fine. So uh do you have well, do you love or hate Draymond's postgame comments? Uh if those are my choices, I hate his post game comments um it highlights something to me that i'm starting to see take flavor in our world which is this whole uneven ethics based on income basically draymond green has weighed the consequences looked at them, and said they won't have a grand effect on me so therefore i could do what i want kind of like going out there and having his own martial law because he's like what is that going to do to me we just had a conversation about Draymond Green in game one and him running off the court and Iguodala and others like, hey, Draymond, come on, man. We need you. And Draymond's like, look, this is the way I play the game. I'm not changing despite consequence. And now we're going to see him double down on that in the same light of saying despite consequence, because it's not going to have an effect on me. I'm going to do what I want to do. That sounds great. Play tennis. You know, but this is a team sport that they're counting on you for your availability and for your ability. So when the part that really stung me was, oh, Draymond, you're going to act like since the fine ain't that much, that what you did wasn't wrong. This is why Helen and I were talking about this on our call in preparation for this. I saw someone get a a assault and go to jail and the bail was $10,000. And, you know, that means only $1,000 of cash. You got $1,000. I think what you got on right now, one of them little trinkets right there is $1,000, right? You imagine you walked around with a mindset that said, oh, man, who cares about the bail? It ain't going to affect me. I just do an appearance. I do whatever I want. So therefore, you now feel you can go out there and commit assault. He's reverse engineered this based on the consequences and said, since those consequences don't really hurt me, that I could do what I want to do. And that's why I hate his comments.
2: I hate his comments. I love this show. Because mm. it makes me think. I, I wasn't going to say any of this of what I'm about to say, but based on your comments, I have to say something. let Draymond Green, the reason your postgame comments are not just stupid but purely idiotic and imbecilic mm. is because now you are going to make the refs or the National Basketball Association heighten the punishment <laughs> because the only reason you punish somebody is to change the future course of action. Mm-hmm. So, Draymond, if you were saying that this fine for flipping people off is not actually going to deter you from doing it in the future Facts. and guess what they are going to raise the punishment <laughs> because they have to find a way to deter you yes. so now all of a sudden the nba has to increase punishment and in- make sure you don't do it again because the point in punishing somebody is to stop them from doing the same action mm. two things first personal story second futuristic talk personal story still I don't know if you grew up getting whoopings. Oh yeah, everything in the house. I don't know if it's legal or not. Anyway, it was then. The Statute of limitations <laughs> made me a better person for it. So I, I, anyway, I grew up getting whoopings. Yeah, spankings in the house. household. How dare you do this? <laughs> oh, anyway, flashback. <laughs> I grew up getting me some spankings, big dog. Yes. There came a point when you stopped crying, that the parents realized, uh oh, mm. I got to pivot to a new punishment tactic.
0: Yes. Because
2: if the spanking ain't eliciting the same punishment that the spanking was intended to elicit. Now they got to move to a new punishment Mm -hmm. tactic. Mm -hmm. So your boy, I'm going to tell him myself, sorry, mom and dad. (laughs) Your boy used to just fake cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I realized If I don't actually cry, then the punishment will either continue or they will pivot from it. So now let me just keep these tears streaming to make sure I keep this punishment the same. Draymond, Mm. what you just did was stop crying during the whooping. So now what the NBA has to do is say, huh, Mm. if this isn't an actual deterrent, we have to increase the deterrent. So you know what I'm not scared of when I park illegally? I'm not scared of a parking ticket. Okay. Okay. Cause what's $50 gonna do?
0: Yeah.
2: What's $78 gonna do? Yeah. What's $67 gonna do? I swear, I've never sweat a parking ticket in my life. I just do math. Paying to park is $25. Parking ticket is $65. I'll take my chances for the $40. Mm-hmm. But you want to know what I am scared of when I park illegally? I'm listening. Getting towed. Towed.
0: <laughs> Hold up.
2: <laughs> I am scared of getting towed. Yeah, yeah. Because what happens if they damage the Dusty Bentley when you... <laughs> You got called TDJ. Now, I'm scared of that. So, Cell, you always gotta think nah. about the punishment. The point of punishment is a deterrent. And Draymond, you just played yourself.
0: Yeah, he played himself in many a ways. Um, he sounds detached from what he does. And let me tell you why. I remember it felt like a year ago. Everyone was asking, do you know how much a gallon of milk costs? And it was like this little like contest, I guess, to see if you were detached from the normal man. Right. And I was like, four dollars. I don't know, because I don't care about four dollars. There was a time where we used to have to put together four dollars and change just to get four dollars on pump number five. I'm not living that way anymore. But I understood why that game was going around everywhere because they was trying to highlight, hey, man, put your feet back on the ground no matter who you are. Draymond, put your feet back on the ground. Don't you know what professional basketball is? Don't you know what the NBA is doing? They're selling basketball to the masses. And to the masses, that fine means something. That's a pinch. But when Draymond comes up there, everyone knows that all those dudes in tank tops and shorts make a gang of money. For you to highlight that, is only going to emphasize how detached you are from your fans. And the NBA obviously doesn't want that. So they will increase the deterrent. They will find a way to make it interesting to you if you're Draymond Green. My last thing is this. Talk to me. I don't park illegally. I, I actually have a handicap placard because my hip that is sore. That is illegal. No, that's not. I have a handicap placard, but I have a bad hip, one of them. When was it expired? It's 2023 see it ain't even expired yet but i do something illegal you told on yourself we got to go together dog i ride in the carpool lane no matter if i'm riding solo or if i'm riding with the kids now that's illegal they say but let me tell you why i ran the math it's like a 500 dollars ticket but i was like i live in la if i live in any other city hey, traffic y'all got me in la nah i gotta beat the traffic <laughs> so i i've never got pulled over for a carpool violation and it's been a many a years I've been doing this. So that $500 when they ever catch me, CHP, <laughs> it's going to be worth it. I done got mine. <laughs> I'm Draymond. Coming up, the Cowboys draft did not get an A. <laughs> but the Eagles did. What? We'll tell you if Philly uh, has caught up to Dallas. That's next Don't Speak For Yourself. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Oh, I Ben got over uh, <laughs> USFL action continues Friday as the Philadelphia Stars battle the Michigan Panthers at 10 Eastern on FS1. Then Saturday at 7 Eastern on Fox. Todd Haley's Tampa Bay Bandits take on Skip Holtz and the Birmingham Stallions. Let's head to the NFC East, where NFL.com gave out their draft grades, and the Eagles got an A-minus. It was highlighted by the big trade that landed them A.J. Brown and selecting defensive tackle Jordan Davis in the first round. All of him. Over in Dallas, the Cowboys got a B-minus grade. And their pick of offensive tackle, Tyler Smith, in the first round was called polarizing. Ah, Joe, have the Eagles caught up to the Cowboys in the NFC East? Absolutely. The Eagles are just
2: as good as the Dallas Cowboys right now, if not better, based solely upon roster. I would much rather have the Eagles roster, particularly on offense, than the Cowboys roster right now. Let's talk about the running back position. Oh,
0: you want to start at running back, not, not the most important position? I to start wherever you want me to start. I want you to start the most important
2: position, homie. I will get there. I knew you couldn't go there. Let's start at the running back position. Yeah, let's start the running back. Give me Miles Austin. Give me Miles Sanders all day, every day. Give me Miles Sanders (laughs) over Ezekiel Elliott. Let's go outside. Huh? Give me A.J. Brown. Give me Devontae Smith over C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Oh, fuck. Give me Dallas Goddard over Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. Now, given all the question marks at the Cowboys' offensive line, Definitely give me the Eagles offensive line as long as Jason Kelsey is returning and as long as Lane Johnson is still there over the Dallas Cowboys. What? Offensive line. So now you got to talk about defense. But remember, the Cowboys' defense was not great. The Cowboys' defense was opportunistic. Mm. So I will take Darius Slay over Trayvon Diggs. You will? Now, I love Trayvon Diggs' 11 picks. Don't sound like He also it. gave up more 100-yard games, if I'm not mistaken, and more big plays than any other defensive oh. back involved. So when I look at it from top to bottom. Top to bottom. The Eagles roster is better, if not just as good at worst. As the Cowboys roster, we also have to remember, Cowboys-Eagles both made the playoffs. Did either of them win a playoff game last year? No, sir. No. The separation was not that great. I believe the separation was three games. But here is the most important note that not enough people are paying attention to. To go far in the NFL, you need a duo at wide receiver. Because defenses have figured out how to eliminate one. Think about last year in the NFL. You have Super Bowl champs, the Rams. They had Cooper Cup. They had Odell Beckham. I believe we have a full screen that accompanies this. Think about the 49ers. They had Debo Samuel, George Kittle. The Bengals, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. The Chiefs, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. To go far in the NFL, you need a duo. Mm. The Eagles have that. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. The Cowboys, now that they have gotten rid of Amari Cooper, they no longer have that dynamic duo, which appears to be a prerequisite for success in the NFL. For that reason, I love the Eagles roster supremely to the Cowboys.
0: Oh, you do? Okay. Let's carry the one. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. Take your heart out of this. Mm-hmm. Take your checks that you got from the Eagles. Take all that. What's the name of the facility again? One medal or something like that? Stop. The Dusty Bentley already been there. It's gone. It's right here in L.A. Can we be objective? Hell no, they have not caught up to the Cowboys. And they certainly haven't passed the Cowboys, as you even want to suggest. Let's start here. They played each other twice last year. We got to talk about the gap between these two teams before we start talking about these two teams. Can we start there? Yeah, Acho. Okay, Acho. Who won both games? Oh, Dallas Cowboys. Ding, 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 ding. Dallas Cowboys won 3 more games than the Philadelphia Eagles last year despite them both going to the playoffs. So we got there different ways. Ding 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 ding. The game score combined was 92 to 47. That's me playing MJ in real football or him playing me in video games right now. That's a banging. We smoking y'all. So I want you to just start to understand the gap before you start telling me that they have beat them. Now let's highlight some of the individual elements that shows that same gap. One team had the best record in the entire conference, and they weren't the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about defense, because that's not sexy. You didn't even talk about best that. In the division? No, in the conference. Oh, Dallas Cowboys in the conference, 10-2 in the NFC. Best among Amongst all. Amongst the conference. Oh, yeah, conference conference. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing you. <laughs> Defensively, Cowboys outperformed the Eagles. <laughs> Points per game allowed. Takeaways. And sacks. Once again, it's a gap that needs to close before we even talk about y'all there. And you did it with the draft choices that are. Anyway, this is my Trayvon Diggs, who led the league in interceptions. Let's get on the offensive side where CeeDee Lamb had more yards than all the Eagles receiver. Matter of fact, no Eagles receiver had over 920. That's why Ezekiel Elliott, because it's funny you bring him up first, even though he had a thousand plus rushing yards and no Eagles running back had over 800. Let's talk about the most important position now. Here we go. Because last time I checked, you're trying to make it seem like receivers make quarterbacks. Where where I'm from, quarterbacks make receivers. Let's figure this out. Who's better, Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts? Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. So I ain't got to go through all these notes. Forget that. Come on, dog. They haven't made up the gap yet. It's a three-game gap. It's a 50-point gap. And in terms of individual statistics and players, I don't see where they've surpassed them just yet. You got to make that argument before you blink. Leave.
2: I will. Um, to make up a gap. The gap. Let's talk track because it's the easiest to quantify making up a gap. The gap. To make up a gap, one of two things have to happen. Mm-hmm. Either I can get better, I can get faster, faster. or you can get worse. You can get slower. slower. If I can get better, you can get worse. But both things happen with these teams. Whoa. The Philadelphia Eagles got significantly better. Okay, trust. Just offensively, you added A.J. Brown. The Dallas Cowboys got worse because offensively, even if you added Tyler Smith, who's supposed to move from left tackle to right tackle, came out of Tulsa, Mm -hmm. Lyle Collins is a better right tackle, who the Cowboys lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, than Tyler Smith. Mm. So the Cowboys have gotten worse this offseason because Amari Cooper is no longer present, and Amari Cooper went to four Pro Bowls. And the Philadelphia Eagles mm. have gotten better. Mm. There is a 16 1,700-yard difference between Amari Cooper leaving and he's taking his 900 yards with him and A.J. Brown arriving and he's bringing his 900 yards with him. Excuse me. There's a 1,800-yard difference that was made up between the departure of Amari and the arrival of, arrival of A.J. Mm. So not only did the Eagles get better, so. Mm. The Cowboys got worse. For that reason, I do believe the Eagles have caught up to the Cowboys. Now, is Jack yeah. got significantly better than Jalen Hurts, Ooh. no doubt about it. Okay. And last time we checked, no doubt about it. Okay. The only conversation to be had there is Jalen Hurts, we have to anticipate, if he's ever going to get better, he's going to get exponentially better. You know, when you're young, you take huge leaps and huge strides. Mm. Marcellus Wiley, today, I don't anticipate that tomorrow you're going to be two, three inches taller. I don't anticipate in five months you're going to be two, three inches taller. Mm. But who will? Your son?
0: Yeah, that boy growing, too. (laughs)
2: Because while MJ is going to get exponentially taller based upon his youth, you ain't really getting no taller at this junction in life. Jalen Hurts, based upon his youth, is going to get exponentially better. Mm. Dak Prescott might get better. Mm. It's just going to be incremental. Mm. So where I look at Dak Prescott's lead over Jalen Hurts, mm. there is a good chance that it will close significantly only because Jalen Hurts is going to get exponentially
0: better. Now, I told you to leave your heart out of it. And then you bring up MJ, tug at my heartstrings. Can I tell you what happened to MJ? Happened? MJ, first game, he ain't scored a touchdown. And then after the game, kid come up to him with the coach. Guess what they said? My son getting an NIL deal, NIL deal next week, I'm telling you. They said... We put our two best players split the field in half and then we had a spy on them. Nobody. Oh. I was so excited to hear that. My son got a reputation out there so good. NIL, hit me up. All right, let's talk about Dak Prescott, dog. He's won six of the last seven games versus the Eagles. Let's talk about that gap. 111 passer rating. Dak Prescott owns the Eagles of late. And it's 10 games against them in total, seven and three. Like, what you're saying, I follow in the logic. But it has to land and execute. A.J. Brown's a beast. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurst is nice. Mm -hmm. Together, we got to see how that's going to work. But let's not discount the Cowboys' pieces that they still have. They have their number one receiver from last year, which is CeeDee Lamb. They have their running back that's better than the running backs in terms of production for the Eagles. They have a better quarterback. They have the number one offense. What I think we got caught up in is the Cowboys have not made enough moves for us to be excited. But if you're number one offensively, what moves should you be making? And if this team was that close last year, but they need to do something between the ears, what moves should they be making? I'm liking this Cowboys versus Eagles series this year. Otto and I, we're going to put a couple bucks on that one. My NIL deal money for my son. Coming up, John Morant went off the last night's Grizzlies win, but we'll tell you if he can also be the face of the league. Next on Speak for Yourself. But he did break like four.
2: Boy, did John Morant have a night to remember in the Grizzlies win over the Warriors. He tied a playoff career high, 47 points. And in his eight playoff games this year, he's averaging about 26 points, eight boards, 10 dimes. Woo, God dog. Gotta bring in NBA analyst, Flick Rick the Buker.
0: Mm.
2: So, Sal, can Ja Morant be the face of the league?
0: Yes, he can. And yes, he will become the face of the league. There's a huge rooting interest for Ja Morant to become the face of the league. One is because he's American. And let's just be real about it. There are a lot of players right now at the top level of the NBA that are not American-born. Let's go through that little list right there. Giannis, NB, Luka, Jokic hmm, they're all fighting for that same crown that LeBron James currently wears. So why am I saying John Morant can be? Because we all know what world we live in right now. We live in a social media world uh, where attention is currency. And then I started to do a little research on John Morant in terms of how does his currency look in social media? Oh, my God. Third most views of any player this year. Third? Is he top three in the NBA? But he's third in excitement and engagement. Very interesting. Ninth best selling jersey this season. Hmm. All star votes, eighth. So you start to add this up. What John Morant is trying to do is trying to win the race between him, LaMelo Ball, Jason Tatum, and Trey Young. And by the metrics, it looks like my man John Morant already has outpaced those guys. So when you're talking about a changing of the guard from LeBron James and then they're going to hand that crown to potentially a foreign player, there's a huge root and interest in the NBA to balance that out or to give it to John ja Morant.
2: I love it, Sal. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more nuanced, Slick Rick, if you all will allow. Um, John ja Morant can absolutely be the face of the league. If we're being honest and if you all pay attention to the details, he has everything you need. American-born, superstar people love him and have loved him as a young age and then even as i think about it more deeply there's a little bit of familial knowledge think about lebron james faith of the league gloria james we all knew about that think about kobe bryant the story of kobe bryant and his dad think about football tom brady everybody knows about giselle think about patrick mahomes love it or hate him we talk about his wife we talk about his brother there's a little bit of familial knowledge because ja moran now the story post game isn't even about ja we're looking at clips of John ja Morant congratulating Steph Curry and Klay Thompson on their job well done. Just some of the weird intricacies that go into helping make a player a face of a league. John ja Morant has everything mm-hmm. from the major deals and aspects of superstardom to the small minutia of we know and even if fallen in love or fallen in an obsession with your family members. John ja Morant has it all. Mm. But here's the question. The only mm. way John ja Morant can be the face of the league is if he can sustain his greatness until it's his turn. Think mm. about it, Sal. Think about it, Slick. I'm here. The face of the league spot will not be open for three or four years until LeBron James is done, Kevin Durant is done, and Steph Curry is turned into the older version of Ray Allen. That is when the face of the league chair mm. will now be open. But John ja Morant, who will you be in three to four years? I'm reminded of Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady was a bad man from 2 to 7 But when it was time for T-Mac to be the face of the league, when finally Shaq has won his, second, won his fourth title with Miami, Shaq, you're no longer the face. It's time for a new face. T-Mac was hurt. And Kobe Bryant said, ta-da, I'm here. <laughs> Derrick Rose, when he had a sliver of a hope to be in conversation for the face of the league, 2014 and 15, when Steph Curry had started to take over and LeBron had to share a little bit of the piece of the pie, Derrick Rose, where were you? So Ja Morant can absolutely be the face of the league, but will Ja Morant still be this good when it's his turn? Because he going to get in that bet. He just better not be sleeping in the dugout.
0: Mm.
1: I agree with most everything you gentlemen have said, and I agree on this point especially. Ja Morant has everything he needs to be the face of the NBA. He's got the right game. Mm-hmm. terms of it's dynamic and it's entertaining. He has the right backstory. He's an underdog from the Midwest from South Carolina to Celus's point. He's not just American, he's American American. Like he is <laughs> he is the flyover state American which is what you have to capture to be able to truly be the face of the uh, of the league. He's got the right temperament. He's got that fieryness, that competitive edge. That we want to see. So all of those, and he's the right size, because generally all the guys that you mentioned as faces of the league, they're generally guards. The average dude can't quite relate to someone who's seven foot feet and dominating. That's the trick that LeBron James played by playing largely on the perimeter. That in spite of being 6'9, we thought of him somewhat as a small man because he had those small ball skills. But all that said, there is one element that is missing and it's an important one which is while Jaw has everything that he needs to be the face of the league he also needs the Memphis Grizzlies to be great in order for him mm. to climb into mm. that throne. Yes. He has to get to the finals. And I like the fact that owner Robert Para has uh, has his his personal worth has skyrocketed. So In spite of being one of the least uh, profitable franchises in the league, Robert Pera has the financial wherewithal to maintain this as a championship-caliber team. But make no mistake about it, if John Morant is not getting to the finals with the Memphis Grizzlies, at the very least, then he's just another great player that we admire. But in order to be the face of the entire league, you have to be climbing to the top of the entire league, and you need your team to be able to get you there.
0: Yeah, man. I think we just made a big pot of gumbo. We have to add all our points together, and that's what it is. Only thi- only things that could stop John Moran, it seems like is obviously injury, as Acho pointed off, pointed out. Your game doesn't evolve. Like he, he does need to work on his shot, three point shot. You look that's gonna make it easier on him because Going in the paint all the time with the giraffes and the elephants, that's going to take his toll. And as you said, Slick, the team's success. It's interesting, though. Remember the old mantra with shoe sales? It's like, it's hard to sell shoes for big men. So that's why all the guards get them and the style of play and all that. That all supports what we're saying. He has all of the qualities, including this. The most watched NBA clip This year was Ja Morant at the halftime when he shot against the Spurs on April 30th when he scored 52. All the videos that we've seen from all the players, John Morant holds the gold medal in that. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully they can be good enough. We can see him evolve to become the face of the league. Ja
2: Morant went off last night, tying a playoff career high. 47 points helped the Grizzlies tie up the series, 1-1. Now, Steph Curry did a little something-something, too. 27 points for the Warriors, but the Warriors also missed 31 three-pointers in that loss. sale so, are you more impressed with what the Grizzlies had cooking, mm. or are you disappointed
0: in the Warriors? I'm disappointed in these Warriors, man. It's a bad series for them in terms of how they're shooting. You know that they're shooting the worst of all the teams in the Western Conference from three-point, and they have the greatest shooter of all time. Not good. You know that they have the most turnovers of any team in the playoffs remaining. Not good. Curry and Klay Thompson, 16 of 44, 5 of 23 from three. You and I, we could do some of that, if not all of that. I'm looking at this team that now they're in trouble because not only are you not shooting up to your level, But guess who was defending Ja Morant primarily? Gary Payton II. And now he may be out for the remainder of this series for sure and probably the playoffs. Goodness! What's going to happen now? These Warriors are going to have to shoot themselves out of this slump. Now, returning home should do wonders for them in terms of that comfort and familiarity. But right now, hella disappointed in the Warriors.
2: So I can't be too disappointed in the Warriors because of what Ja Morant has done and what he is doing. Mm. John ja Morant, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, only players in the history of basketball with multiple 45 games in the postseason before the age of 23.
0: 45-point games. You told me to not – can I correct you What did I say? 45 games. <laughs> See? <laughs> it, you told me. You activated it now. It's coming. You're my friend. <laughs> want me go back to old Wiley? You want the old Kanye? Can you be quiet? <laughs> okay, I love you too. John ja Morant, <laughs> only player with Kobe
2: Bryant, LeBron James, 45-point games. Two of them Mm. before the age of 23. Mm. So when you see somebody doing what only historical greats have done, uh, Kobe Bryant, top 10 player, LeBron James, top three player, Mm. when you see a guy doing what we've only seen historical greats done, then I really can't be mad at the opponent. True. Truth truth be told, it doesn't matter what the Warriors were going to do yesterday. The Grizzlies were going to get that game. Now, we can listen to what John Moran said. Like, look, I was going to come down and make sure we win, but that's just talk. Mm. But I think about who in their prime could have D'd up John Morant yesterday, Self, Like, he had Jordan Poole playing Twister. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody... Remember, Klay Thompson was at one yeah. point in time the best two-way player two-way. in the game right. up until Kawhi Leonard showed up right around 2017, 2018. Everybody was like, oh, my God, Kawhi. Klay mm. Thompson in his prime... Couldn't have stopped what John Morant was cooking last night. Twitches. John Morant has a 3 ball going. It's a wrap. Mm. So I'm really more impressed, not just with the Grizzlies. I'm most impressed with John Morant. Nobody's going to stop that.
0: Okay. Um, let's be real, though. Grizzlies shot 40% from the field and 31% from three and still won. They ain't even shoot that well and they still beat them boys. You played Twister before? I never played it. I've always you haven't? I always wanted to play it. Now I'm married, I can't play it. You imagine playing Twister? Anyway. Um, Ja Morant carries the ball every single time. You'll get that later. Carries the ball every single time. You know why no one can guard him? Cause he carries the ball every single time with those fast twitch muscles. Watch some slow-mo of Ja Morant. I just gotta give y'all a little, you know, me knowing behind the scenes. Watch him carry that ball over with those fast twitches. And Acho and I are talking about Twister. Which I will never no, play. No, we won't. Coming up, can you imagine if we play together.